if you have another choice, if there's another way, if you can wake up in the morning and live with yourself and go to a day job, do it. If you don't, if you're completely compelled and completely driven and you know that this is what you were born to do, then you're going to be okay and go out there and do it. Welcome to Starve the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Our co-host today is Jody Mayberry from jodymayberry.com and the host of the new Park Leader Podcast. Hey, Jody. Hey, Jared. I'm like a bad penny. As you should be. We're fortunate today to speak with Doug and Talisha Williams. Doug and Talisha were high school sweethearts who got married and now live their dream touring the country playing music. They are Virginia natives who front the Nashville-based band Wild Ponies. They also founded Ditch Dog Records, an independent record label. They recently released a new album, Things That Used to Shine. Jody and I are ready to become members of the Talisha Militia. <laughs> Doug and Talisha, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. You thanks made it sound so fun. I love it. I love it. It Living sounds like we've done a lot of stuff. I know. <laughs> I don't know I'm feeling like I should have a, an award or something. Jeez. We give out trophies after the... I love <laughs> trophies. Love them. <laughs> All right. Our first trophy question for the interview is, and we ask this to everybody that we bring on the show is, what is the best concert that you have ever been to? Oh, the best I've ever been to. Poison? Um, no. <laughs> no. That, it's not even on the list. Gosh. You know, that Guy Clark one at the Tennessee State Museum was pretty amazing. Yeah. It was, it was recently, true. actually. Yeah. About two years ago, Guy Clark played the Tennessee State Museum and Verlin Thompson was there backing him up. And it was just the two of them. And it was just a concert. Where, I mean, Guy's one of the best songwriters ever and Verlin's one of the best players. And it was just watching the two of them go back and forth in the way that Verlin supported Guy. And, you know, if Guy was getting ready to play a wrong chord or something, Verlin would play it first to make it fit. You know, it was just the coolest thing to watch them play off of each other. Yeah, it was a really great. That, I think that would be the best That's high up there. thing I've seen lately for sure. I think the obvious follow-up question that the listeners will want to know, do the wild ponies cover Pour Some Sugar on Me? (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. Okay. There's always next week. We could totally work that up by May 1st. Yeah. I think we should do that. I can totally hear it like stripped down, an acoustic version. Yeah. Maybe some minor um, chords thrown Maybe in. some hand drums working it out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I vote for the capo. Okay. Way up high. <laughs> All right. Let's roll into blank versus blank. Go ahead, Jody. Live shows versus studio recordings. Oh, live shows. Live shows. 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely live shows, for sure. You can expand if you want to. The processes are so different, I think. Do you mean performing a live show or recording in studio? Or do you mean being an observer of those things? I think it's however you interpret it. Okay. I would rather perform a live show than record in studio. I would rather perform a live show than do just about anything, really. I mean, it's like, I love recording in a studio, and I love going to other people's shows. I love seeing other people play. The analogy I've used, it's like uh, watching porno or having sex. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with porno. You know, it's totally fine. It's it's good. It, it has its place, but there's just nothing like the real thing and doing right. it yourself. And, is that okay for this uh, podcast? But no. <laughs> that was quite the twist. I don't know how we returned from that. Sorry. <laughs> Speaking of porno, all right, the next blank versus blank. Spend time at home versus tour the country playing music. So I guess we know the answer to that. Well, yeah, being on the road for sure. We've actually been home quite a bit during the month of April, and we're both extraordinarily antsy to get back out on the road. So I enjoy being here in Nashville, and there's a lot to do, and we're really involved in our community here. But being on the road is about the best there is. Yeah. Would you rather have margaritas with avocado versus new Belgium fat tire? Mm. 
Well, it depends on whether you're mowing the yard or, or going to hang out at a show or a party. I think the margaritas are pretty hard to beat. Yeah, and they're special. Like, you're not going to, you might have several New Belgium fat tires, but you're probably only going to have a couple of avocado margaritas. Maybe not. Maybe you're going to have several of those, too. But After the first batch or two, they're not going to be as good, though. Unless somebody else is making them. Unless somebody them. else is making them, right. yeah. Yeah, the avocado margarita is kind of a special thing, so so I'd have to say that. Doug, how are you cutting your grass? <laughs> Not very often, actually. The last blank versus blank, Virginia versus Nashville. Oh, I don't want to answer that one. That's a tough one. That is a tough it's one. It's a hard one. You know, we love East Nashville so much. The community here is great. And I mean, moving here was absolutely the right thing to do. And we love being here. And we love coming home to here. We love being here, even though we like being on the road. I mean, it feels good to come home and be in this place. We love it so much. But whenever you're heading down the highway back into Virginia, whenever we drive across the Blue Ridge and see the mountains, it's a real thing that attacks your soul. It's a, it's a beautiful, amazing place. Yeah, I mean, that it's in our blood. Like, Virginia is in my blood. But that will always be home to me but I see us staying in Nashville for quite a while and it feels great here yeah it feels this is the place where we belong right now I love it <laughs> well speaking of Nashville as we move into finish this sentence I will start the sentence and you finish it if you ever visit East Nashville you should blank wait I bet we're gonna say the same thing you ready one two three Eat go to the tacos. family walk oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with your I statement. I agree with your too. statement too. <laughs> yeah. so you have to do two things. If you, come, if you come to East Nashville, you have to eat at Moss Tacos and go to the family wash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the movie Frozen. We, I don't know if you've heard that song. We finish each other's sandwiches. Finish the sentence. For, uh, this one's for Talisha. Okay. If you ever run the Nashville Marathon. Don't get sick the week of it. Yeah. <laughs> As you know, I'm running the Nashville Marathon this Saturday, and just two days ago, I've come down with a severe chest cold. So right now, I'm drinking some herbal get well tea. I'm on steroids. I'm on Mucinex. <laughs> I'm just fighting it hard. I made soup. Doug made chicken soup from scratch. So we're going to beat this by Saturday for sure. Okay, this one is for Doug. If you ever go skydiving, be prepared to spend lots of money doing it again. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculously addicting. I'm dying to go again. I thought it was just going to be something to go and knock it off the list, but yeah, be prepared to spend lots of money and do it again. Yeah. There's got to be a song in that. Probably several. If you ever go skydiving, be prepared to spend more money. Yeah. All right. Another one for Talisha. One of the benefits of having a spring birthday is... Fresh flowers Ooh. on your birthday. I just love it. We had a little get together for my birthday and friends came over and I got tulips and hyacinth and my house just smelled amazing. So I love fresh flowers on a spring birthday. Okay, this last one is for both or either of you. All right. My favorite thing about Whiskey Wednesday is... Getting drunk in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Which we don't actually do. That's not true at all. I love doing the special guest yeah. things. We don't get to do those every week, but it's just a fun, laid back, informal interaction with folks. And I love sharing. We get to music play our friends' that, music. We get to play music that a lot of our friends have made, and we bring them into East Nashville Studio and they talk about their records and they talk about what they're doing on the road. And it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. The interaction. 
for the listeners who aren't familiar with your music, right. can you just talk about Whiskey Wednesday for a moment? What is that? Sure. Whiskey Wednesday, we've been doing this radio show for a little over a year now on eastnashvilleradio.com, and we do it every Wednesday morning at 10 Central, and then it airs throughout the day at various other times as well. So I guess 10 Central is what, like 8 out there for you guys in the Pacific, and 11 if you're on the East Coast, right? Yeah, it's a, um, right? it's a one-hour radio show. It's sometimes all music, sometimes it's interviews and music, sometimes you'll hear us. We're literally doing them going down the road yeah, so true. you get to yep. hear the road noise from the Honda Element. So it's <laughs> a little bit of everything. Travelogue, blog, radio show, all of it rolled into one. It's fun. Yeah, it's a good time. Cool. All right, so this one is true or false. Okay. True or false, you should approach Monday like it is New Year's Day. Absolutely true. True, yeah. 100%. Although Monday is like normally the first day of our weekend, so. Approach Monday like it's Friday. Yeah. So you two made the leap from having day jobs to living your dream and playing music for a living. What advice do you have for people who want to starve the doubts and launch their dream? Okay. What we normally tell people, and this is the truth, is if you have another choice, if there's another way, if you can wake up in the morning and live with yourself and go to a day job, do it. If you don't, if you're completely compelled and completely driven and you know that this is what you were born to do, then you're going to be okay and go out there and do it. Yeah. And when we have that conversation with new folks starting out, you can kind of tell as that conversation continues where they are on that spectrum by how they react to that. Because you've got to be completely committed. You really do. If there's a plan B in your mind, if you have a plan B that you can escape to, you will, you will, because it gets really, really, really hard. So if you've got that plan B, you're going to go there, no doubt. So if, if you can't do anything else, then make art your living. Talisha, this is for you. So how can the listener take a vision in their head, whether it's music, art, writing, or a business idea, and make that a reality? Gosh, well, you just have to start. And sometimes you don't you don't know how it's going to end up for sure. But if you never start it, then it's absolutely true that you'll never get there. So you just have to be willing to take that first step and also be willing to be flexible and let it lead you. I think I'm a little bit of a rigid person. Doug's nodding his head (laughs) fast. I can be rigid and creating art from the vision you have in your head to the finished product requires flexibility. Well said. Can you explain what a song salon is and how people outside of music may be able to apply this idea? Yeah, it's, I mean, so what we're doing, the song salon is kind of a unique thing in Nashville. I mean, there's a lot of songs. It's a song circle. It's either at our house or usually Amy Spies is the person that started it over at her place. So it's either Amy's house or at our house. Our other friend Whit Hill sometimes hosts it. But we all get together as songwriters every Monday night that we're in town. And the idea is to bring a brand new song or maybe even just a snippet, a verse and a chorus and some chords and some ideas. And you bring that song in, play it uh, with no ego attached to it at all and with no introduction. You just play that song. And then everybody goes around and we critique it and, and give ideas and give thoughts. Sometimes they're great thoughts and sometimes they're great ideas. We'll have the people that come were last night we had a Grammy winning songwriter there we had a person who was the first time there and they just started writing songs and they're, you know, they're sitting right beside each other and they both had cool songs and cool ideas and cool things to say to each other about their songs so it's a real egalitarian I guess environment where everybody's kind of on equal footing no matter where they come from and the really cool thing about it that's sort of un-Nashville is that when you walk out with your song even if somebody's come up with these great lines or these great things to change your song 
you still own 100% of the song. It's not, you know, you don't have to share the co-writing credits with the people in the song salon who gave you whatever good idea. So it's just like, I guess, basically a way to come in and collaborate, come up with ideas and, and kind of bounce ideas off of each other. And then everybody walk away with what they came in with. So I don't know, applying that to other things other than songwriting, I guess, would be just, you know, I've heard this quote before, I can't remember where it came from, but the people who get the most done, the people who really get things done, are the people who don't care who gets the credit. So mm. I guess that's one way you could look at it. You know, just be sure when you're coming up with ideas and when you're bouncing ideas off friends, don't worry about who's going to get the credit for getting something done or who's going to get the credit for making something happen. Just if your goal is to make it happen, then just, you know, let it happen. I also think it could apply to just keeping each other honest and real, which can apply to any kind of art or any kind of work, actually. So it's a group of people that you really learn to trust and they really learn your process and they're really good about keeping you honest. And they know where where you try to cheat. They know where you try to cheat. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. So we talked about the road, and we talked about your love for that. So if you'd be willing, just share one of your favorite places to visit when you're on tour. Michigan. Michigan. Oh, yes. We got the same thing. <laughs> we did. We finished each other's Sandwiches. Sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we've been to 47 states, yep. six Canadian awesome. provinces, and several European countries. And, that you know, there's something beautiful about almost everywhere except for Kansas. <laughs> hey, I'm, the Kansas listeners just hit stop. I'm I'm <laughs> Actually, there is beauty in Kansas. There is well. definitely beauty in Kansas. But there's something about Michigan that really we connect with coming from a small town in Virginia who has struggled with unemployment for most of our teenage into adult life. We kind of really get the same vibe that, that Michigan has going on and the energy of those people and, and how hard. Resiliency. The resilience. Yeah. yeah. So, But we really love all states. We also really love Amsterdam. Yes. Yeah, Amsterdam's pretty great, too. I'd be willing to give Hawaii a try and just, you know, see if that becomes <laughs> my favorite spot, maybe. Doug, you have said Broken is the most expensive song you have ever written. Can you explain? Yeah, that was written during the 2010 tour. I think, Jody, where we met you, actually, maybe. I think it was. And on that tour, it was a beautifully routed tour. We left home on the East Coast and we rode up north and toured all the way across the top of the United States and out into the West Coast and hung out out there and up into Canada and back down through California, across over and towards Texas along the bottom side and then back home. It was this beautifully routed tour where everything we owned broke at least once. Everything, like our toothbrushes were breaking, our, our guitar strings were breaking. We blew a transmission in the RV. The windows stopped rolling down in the RV or they stopped rolling up in the RV. The air conditioner went out. This was great. We were in L.A. and we were getting ready to launch out across the desert towards Colorado and then down into Texas in the middle of the summer when the A.C. goes out. I mean, it's just, you know, it just constantly things broke on that tour. So that's kind of why it was expensive. So we wrote the song about it. Well, hopefully uh, this other question won't be as expensive. And that that's about building, building a community of like-minded people. And so what is important in terms of building a community of like-minded people heading in the same direction right. as you? I mean, why is that important? 
Well, I mean, I think it's similar to what we're talking about with, with Song Salon a little bit, and that everybody wants to feel like they're a part of something, you know, and that's an important thing is to be a part of something. And so for us, we did this Kickstarter campaign when we, when we made this record. And the way Kickstarter works is lots of people from all over the world contribute money and time and efforts to make to help us make a record. And we raised $32,000. And instead of what we did to build community, instead of just asking people for money, we felt like it was really important to ask people to be a part of our team and a part of our community and give them a real ownership in the project you know i think that made a real difference because we found out people were really invested in the results yeah we started seeing and hearing the language that people were using during that process which was a crazy humbling and amazing process but we started watching and hearing the language change where people were talking about the record as our record you know that their record you know they're part of it let we are doing this Um, like people who other artists might say you know these are just our fans or whatever they're saying our record and so they're a part of our team yeah and we actually on the inside cover of the record we made a pennant flag that's actually over 300 yards long and each triangle on the flag represents a kickstarter backer and it has their name on the back and we laid it all out and wove it together and took a picture and that's the inside cover of the record because we really and that pennant flag hung the whole time in the studio that we were making the record because we really honestly believe in the power of that communal energy and we hung that up while we were recording and then we included it in the artwork and it really does feel like everybody involved in that process it has a piece of that and we also found out after making the record and going through the Kickstarter process, I mean, we had to have the money to make the record. So obviously that was important, but that really became much less important to us than the community that we had built in order to raise the money. The Kickstarter family and the people that are part of our Kickstarter team are now, they're super fans and they drag their friends out to our shows. They've become real advocates for what we're doing. And so that's so much more valuable than any money that anybody could have given. return to the road one more time can you tell us about a concert or two that you've played that stand out gosh there are so many opening for lucinda was pretty awesome opening for lucinda williams was an amazing experience we did that in greensboro north carolina and that was probably the largest crowd that we had played for at that time time. and we knew that lucinda fans could probably be a little raucous so we were nervous about the show but it was great and still and that show was probably five years ago and we still have people coming out that saw us open for Lucinda. So that was one of those dream kind of things. Another cool one was, a little more than a year ago, last March, we were down in Austin and the guy that was producing our record, Ray Kennedy, he called and he said, hey, John Prine has heard a couple of tracks on your record. Do you mind if we give him the rest of it? It's not released yet, but do you mind if we give him the rest of it? And we're like, yeah, sure, give John Prine <laughs> as much as you want. Yeah. So Ray gave the rest of the record to John Prine to let him hear it because he was interested in it, which was awesome. And then uh, Ray said, John wants to see you guys play live somewhere. Are you, when's the next time you're playing in Nashville? And I'll drag him out. And we weren't playing in Nashville anytime coming up, but we set up a date at this little club over on the east side specifically to have John come to a show. We, we set it up and we didn't tell anybody who was coming. We told all our friends to come to the show. We're excited about a good show. We had a great turnout and... Right before we start, Ray walks in with John Prine and they sit down right in the front, right there about 10 feet away from where me and Pleasure are getting ready to play. Cool. And that was just one of the, I'll never forget that ever. Just one of those things that will always be with us. It was pretty cool. Yeah. John would hear us. Talisha, what have you learned from being a musician that applies to running a business? Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's a question you don't hear musicians ask very often. No. <laughs> 
What have I learned that applies to running a business? If you want it done right. Do it yourself. (laughs) No, actually, I was almost going to say the opposite of that, that it requires a team. There are things that Doug and I have to do ourselves, but we rely on the help of a great team, our radio promoter, Leslie Ruffay, and our publicity team, and our booking agent, John Layer, that keeps us busy and out there in front of fans and making new friends. And just the folk community in general, I think you've got to, whenever you're running a business of any kind, you have to know your resources and honor and respect those resources and try not to overuse them. Yeah. (laughs) Try not to abuse your resources. So this will be our last hard question. Storytelling. (laughs) Another cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Storytelling is catching on as an important element in business. And you two are in the business of telling stories for a living. What are the keys to telling a good story? Uh, Telling the truth. Having good characters, you know, having consistency between the story and the truth and your characters, you know, people can really smell it when something's not quite right. And they don't always know what it is. You may toss out a line that sounds okay to you, but if you haven't spent time in West Texas, that might not be the way they'd really say it in West Texas. So, and people can really sense that. Even if the audience, they may not have spent time in West Texas either. People can feel when you're insincere and when you don't really know what you're doing. So, yeah, just research and consistency. And I also think just being completely present at the time of delivery of the story or the song. You can't be thinking about the drive from the gig to the next gig or to the hotel later on that night. You can't be thinking about whether your posters got to that venue or the next venue you're going to. During that moment of the delivery of the story or the song or the show, whatever, you have to be right there and nowhere else. You have to be completely present. All right, Doug, you first, Talisha second. Who is doing something that interests you? Another artist? I can be anything. Okay. Jason Isbell's new record was pretty killer last year. If you, if you want to hear some really, really good songwriting and some amazing storytelling, Jason Isbell's new record, which has gotten tons of press for sure. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go a little bit outside of music and say that this person who's become a friend over here on the east side, her name is Stacy Huckabee, mm. and she's a photographer and a videographer, and she has also started a blog, and she is the truth that we were talking about and being totally present. Stacy is totally on top of that. She's just went through an amazing process in her own life, trying to find her own truth and come to grips with some things that happened in her past, similar to my experience. And she's just being open and honest about it. And that honesty that she's sharing is brave and an amazing. And she's funny. And she's she's hilarious. hilarious. She's hilarious, too. So I think her bravery right now in her art and her storytelling is commendable. Her website is Images by Stacy, by the way. S-T-A-C-I-E. So what is the best place for listeners to purchase your new album, Things That Used to Shine, look for a live show in their neck of the woods, and stay connected with everything you're doing online? www.wildponies.net. That's You can do all that right there. And we've got Facebook and all that kind of stuff, too. Facebook is facebook.com slash wildponiesmusic. Talisha on Twitter. She's funny, too, on Twitter. She's really funny. Hilarious. Hilarious. Is, Not uh, as funny as Jody Mayberry, but I'm <laughs> close. I'm close. Wild Ponies T is Talisha's Twitter, and the official band Twitter, I guess, is D and TW. Wildponies.net, it's all right there. But speaking of Jody, yeah, we love getting Jody's letters. His Christmas letters are always the best. It's usually post-Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes a Valentine's letter, but, you know, whatever. 
Doug and Delisha, we appreciate your time. Do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Do you have anything, T? Have... Support your local bands. Go see them play. Yeah. Go, go hear some live music. Yeah. It's better than TV. Well said. Hey, best wishes with the new album and the upcoming tour. Thanks, Thanks. Jared. Thanks, Jody. And that's an important thing is to be a part of something. And so for us, we did this Kickstarter campaign when we made this record. And the way Kickstarter works is lots of people from all over the world contribute money and time and efforts to make to help us make a record. And we raised $32,000. And instead of what we did to build community, instead of just asking people for money, we felt like it was really important to ask people to be a part of our team and a part of our community and give them a real ownership in the project. You know, I think that made a real difference because we found out people were really invested in the results.